the premiere of Heroes Reborn is over, but we're just getting started talking about what's happening this week here on Most Shows Recapped, your new flagship show of Post Shows Recapped. And I am Rob Sister here with the uh, two most awesome guys that I know. Here they are. It's Josh Wiggler and, and Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio and Josh. Most awesome guys recap. Yeah, I've never ridden on a flagship before. This is pretty cool. <laughs> it's Whoa. Just entirely a flag. I feel like you the king of the world. Yeah, we're yeah. made of flags. This is this ship is going down. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, most shows recap. I'm stoked. I'm stoked on most shows recap. I love this. I love this name. And officially, this is going to be our Friday show where we're going to talk about one thing that's going on every single week, whether it's a TV show, whether it is a movie, whether it's something that we're catching up on or some sort of an event that's happening. Whatever it is, we are going to tell you ahead of time and then we're going to talk about it here on most shows recap. And we are doing this show live here on Friday afternoons via blab.im where people can not only watch the show see all three of us but they can also interact with us in the chat room and then pop on so maybe we'll hear from people along the way here today and be able to uh, bring guests in as well so i see we got an open seat yes happy premiere episode of most shows recap last week we did a test show talking about the bastard executioner which you can hear on post show recaps Com. And then after this show, we're going to get the official podcast feed going. We're off to the races. Off to the races. Did either of you guys keep up with Bastard Executioner, or did you just uh, you cut the head off of that? Uh, it's on my DVR. It's ready to be, it's ready to be watched. I think it's going to happen this weekend. I had somebody tweet at me and ask me whether it was uh, worth picking back up on, and I'll, I'll tweet back as soon as I know. As soon as you know. What is, just what is, as soon as I know. Rob, are you, are you keeping up with it? You've I did got, not. You've got nothing going on this week. So. I did not. This was an especially uh, busy week for me on the reality TV side of things with the Big Brother 17 finale and the Survivor premiere. So I did not keep up with Bastard Executioner. Yeah, I think we're 0 for 3. I did not watch the second episode either. So we're very good at this. Uh, but we'll, we'll get in on that at some point, I'm sure. Okay, so the show we are going to talk about this week, and we'll talk about next week, whether we kept up with it or not, is the return of Heroes. Heroes Reborn comes back to NBC. Antonio, were you a big Heroes guy the first time around? I was the first time around, the first part of the first time around. I think in season two, if I'm not mistaken, the writer's strike ended it a little bit prematurely. And after season two and the whole writer's strike, I picked season three back up, but I didn't make it all the way through season three. And then didn't watch season four, but I was a was a big fan of that first season, especially. Sure, it was a phenomenon uh, that first season. Josh, how far did you go with the first round of heroes? I went, I went the distance. Oh. I went all the way. I, I kept, I kept going with it. A lot of it was for work reasons. Uh, I was a staff writer at uh, Comic Book Resources at the time of the final season, I think. Um, and I, I was doing a couple interviews with the cast members, so I had to keep up with it. Uh, I don't know that I would have kept up with it anyway. I mean, if I get that deep into a show, I tend to stay. I tend to stay on board. But, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the narrative you hear from a lot of Heroes fans. Season one, as you said, phenomenon. It was everywhere. It was explosive. It was fantastic. Um, starting with season two, downward slope, uh, not really catching your interest so much anymore. By the time season four hits and like we've killed Nathan Petrelli for like the 6,000th time, uh, you know, it just it got a little old after a little while. So here we are. Heroes comes back this week. Two hour premiere on NBC. Before we get into that, let's just talk about what you thought about the idea of Heroes 
Reborn. Josh, what was your thought as somebody who follows all of the uh, comic book stuff very closely? Right. Talk about uh, the just the concept for you, the return of heroes. Well, I mean, I get it. I get it on two re- uh, on two levels. You know, it's it's the thing to do right now. Uh, was there a show that people were nostalgic for a little while ago? Let's try and find some way to bring that back. That seems to be a big model. Uh, it didn't work out so well for Coach. It almost worked for Coach. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, it's why I keep saying when we've done some Lost Lives podcasts here on Post Show Recaps, I, I often talk about the Lost reboot. Lost Two is what I call it, and it's a joke, but it's inevitable. You know, things are getting rebooted, and the new reboot is like the new sequel series. It's the several years later. Let's bring a thing back. So, Heroes is a prime target for something like that. It makes sense um, I, from from NBC's perspective in terms of shows that they've got in their catalog that they could bring back for another go. The other big thing is. Superheroes are everything right now. You go to the movies and superheroes are dominating the box office. Marvel, we're living in the age of Marvel right now, the age of Ultron. It's true. It's real. Uh, and on TV as well, there's a lot of success with superheroes. It, you know, kind of interestingly, the Marvel stuff is nowhere near as advanced as the DC Comics TV stuff. But you've got shows like The Flash and Arrow that are doing costumed superhero stories really, really well. Both of those shows are fantastic. Um, so you can understand. NBC really wanting to get in the game on that. Uh, I believe they had Constantine. That didn't work out so well, but Constantine is, to begin with, not the most recognizable brand for you know the average person. Um, so uh, I think that there's reasons it's a weirder concept. Heroes is basically NBC's X-Men, but it's their X-Men without, uh, without costumes, without code names. It was, it, it was like X-Men if it took place in the real world. So I see the appeal of bringing something like that back on the let's do a reboot and let's do something superhero. Let's try and compete in those two spaces. Um, as for can Heroes Reborn be heroes, you know, be the phenomenon again in this day and age? As, as you talked about, Antonio, last week, uh, a Seppenwall phrase, peak TV. Uh, is there room for heroes in this landscape? I think that that's what we're going to try and find out. I didn't feel like it at the time that the reboot was announced. It felt like an overreach to me. I get why it's happening. Um, and I'm not so sure I'm convinced otherwise after the premiere, personally. But we'll, we'll dive into all of that. So, Antonio, it comes back here in the fall of 2015 in a little bit of a different format. It's a 13-episode run. How big is that for Heroes to come back and only having to do 13 episodes as opposed to a 22-24 episode order like it was doing back in the day? I do think that's big. A lot of what I've read and I know a lot of the concern on some of these things was these longer seasons, you can really drag under the weight of the middle parts of the seasons where it's really hard to keep these kind of jaw-dropping cliffhanger type storylines from week to week. And it's hard to keep people away from each other. It's hard to keep these storylines that they want to build where these two people have to come together over those, over those episodes. It's really hard to do that in the TV universe. Gotham uh, last year was a show that wasn't super well received by the critics. And then it had the unfortunate situation of a larger episode order than they originally anticipated. So that show really buckled under the weight of adding extra weight to that first season. And I think having kind of be a limited mini kind of thing does give it the opportunity heroes to really know exactly what they've got and to, to arc it out in such a way that I think people find sometimes more compelling. We talk about how some of the best shows aren't on network, they're on cable, and how so many of the network shows are procedural. 
and they're procedural because you don't have to really arc out a procedural story. You can tell a different story of the week every week with limited and glacial character development compared to a 13 episode season. Like Rob, we reviewed Better Call Saul. It told kind of one story over the course of a smaller episode order, a 10 episode order, which was the, this sort of person becoming a person that we knew, uh, descending a little bit from, you know, a, a plucky lawyer into this kind of dark spot. And that's a much easier story to tell over a limited run. And I think that will help heroes. I think it can only help heroes to have less, not more. Uh, and I think Josh is right. I think the landscape is certainly appropriate, uh, shall we say. I don't know that it's ripe and I don't know how fertile it will prove, but I mean, if the it's crowded, the real, I think it's my yeah, it's point. really crowded. The real Marvel boom started with Iron Man, right? And I think that was in 2008 uh, and heroes was in 2006. And it was really at that time it was NBC's X-Men, but it was also a little bit of an answer to lost. It was this, Hey, here's a show where we're going to give you the questions and the answers. We're not just going to drag out all these things. And it had an impact on lost and it, and it, that was the environment that heroes entered into. The one it's entering into now is definitely oversaturated with these kind of stories. So for it to stand out, it's probably going to have to be very similar to what it was before, but also tighter and a lot different. Uh, and I guess the ratings for this first episode, they dwindled uh, over each quarter hour uh, where, it, where it started out really hot. People were curious to see, you know, what's this hero's going to be like? And I think as they realized that's it's pretty similar. It's what I remember. People were gradually tuning out as it went on. So uh, I think that that sort of proved out. It'll be interesting to see what the ratings are like next week. But um, yeah, I'm like, I'm like Josh. It'll be interesting to kind of dig into this a little deeper. Well, I'm really curious to get the take on the actual two-hour premiere from you guys because I have to say, as I was watching it, I was like, okay, well, this is fun. The Heroes is back. And then I do feel like then as it was going along, I was like, oh, this feels very familiar. I feel like, and I don't know necessarily if they changed very much other than just that they started redoing Heroes exactly the same exact show. It didn't seem like, okay, here is the Heroes universe in a fundamentally different way and we fixed whatever was wrong the first time. It seemed very similar to just here's a new season of heroes. And I would love to know if uh, either of you guys agree or disagree with that. Completely yeah, well, agree, yeah. I, I, I agree to a, to a degree. Um, you know, the, the way that we left heroes a few years ago when heroes ended, uh, the show was canceled. I don't believe that that was planned as the series finale. They had ideas for th- where they were going to go next. Uh, it's season four has that crazy carnival storyline with Teabag from Prison Break is trying to cause earthquakes and cause all kinds of problems. And it ends with Claire Bennett jumping off of a Ferris wheel and outing herself to the world. So now now Evos, as we are coming to know them, are a known quantity. Up until that point, whispers, encounters with people like that, but it wasn't like a known public thing. And that was supposed to be the start of the next volume of the show, Brave New World. Uh, it was supposed to be this idea of uh, heroes and humans existing in the same universe openly. Um, this episode, not, you know, coincidentally, is named Brave New World. And I feel like it's it's kind of like a smack in the face to this idea that was being set up at the end of Heroes, which is this sort of maybe hopeful, optimistic, we can, we can live together, we can live together or die alone type of feel that's going on at the end of the final Heroes. And Right away, we're in like days of future past territory to keep the X-Men metaphor, metaphor going, where it's just people are being relentlessly pursued. You have this very, 
very, very dark opening with this terrorist explosion that happens. It almost feels more like an episode of 24. Um, I think that originally Heroes was building up to these big, grim moments, but we're being plunged right into a very grim world right to start with here in Heroes Reborn. You know, that big shoot 'em up scene in the underground hero meeting, you know, that's very intense. And that did not feel like Heroes to me. At least it didn't feel like Heroes to me when Heroes started. Heroes, I, I think of Heroes, I think of the first episodes of Heroes, and I think of Hiro Nakamura going, Yatta! We did it! You know, that's what I think about. Misa I don't versa. Think about, I don't think about Chuck coming into a meeting and just, like, recklessly shooting people up. Um, so it felt, it, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of there's, there's a Heroes aspect to it that is familiar complicated storylines we're just introducing a bunch of people with all these uh very different problems that they're dealing with you got to imagine it's going to intersect but for me it felt a lot darker than i was expecting going into it i absolutely agree with that i do feel like that maybe one of the things they said when they came back and said well what's going to be different i think that they came back and responded that the violence is not going to be sort of like comic book safe pg violence we are going to go full tilt on the violence in the story and i don't remember people just being blasted away you know just shot in cold blood in numerous times i'm sure it happened on heroes but then a lot of times probably they came back to life also but i don't recall that level of violence in the original version of heroes and maybe they come right back away at least, right you know they come back and say hey this is you know not your granddad's heroes. This is right. now the new version of heroes. Even like the Heisenberg's sword, heroes. Right. This even the sword play and stuff. We saw people just being slashed with swords. It was ah, almost video game violence. Come on. Video game violence, but still, I think it was a much more violent and bloodier version of heroes than we're used to. A- Antonio, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of that, and I think there, there's certainly a point to making one of those scenes a very early scene and setting a dark tone with the explosion and then having that basement meeting happen very early in the episode so that it's almost a statement, right? It's a statement like, this is where we're at with Heroes Reborn. We're in dark times. Like, dark things are happening. Characters are killed. I mean, we saw this sort of, the, the guy who was kind of running who showed up at the explosion scene, and then we saw like a blip of him running from the you know police or somebody in some on some road, and then we saw him again uh, in the meeting, and he dies in the meeting. So we're we're just saying, hey, these characters who you already got a couple looks at, the guy who cuts off his hand, so he goes up into the so he can fly away. All those people, they're going to die right away. So this is a big deal. So I think they did kind of set the stakes pretty high with those first early scenes, but I think that the intent was just to set the stakes very high and not necessarily to be a more violent show. Uh, putting their you know their foot forward on that. I mean, I do think there was more violence than than I remember heroes having, but I don't re- I don't really feel like the tone of the show was such that we want to make sure you understand heroes is a violent show now. And that that said, they kept a lot of familiar things too. Moinder's not really in this episode. I mean, he shows up in pictures. He's Inspector talked about, Mohinder, yeah, yeah. But we Spirit do get a Suresh. we do get a voiceover like we had in the original heroes from Mohinder where he's saying these kind of like mystical sounding things. Why are we here? Right. Exactly. Asking these questions. Like it's a car commercial. Like he's McConaughey driving through the night. Well, it's funny that you, because they basically did that same gag where, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's HRG. Yeah. Yeah. With selling the car. Right. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I really don't, uh, yeah, because he does the gag, right? Like he he does the gag sitting in the car, and then they do it themselves. So 
I don't know. I don't know where they're at with this. I thought it was interesting that each that the two episodes weren't. It wasn't one two-hour block. It were they were two different directors, two different really writers that were focused on. So these were two separate episodes, and I'm not sure if they never realized they were going to air them both on the same night, or if they made a clear decision not to direct uh, a two-hour episode and instead to split it into two episodes. But I do think it's interesting that first one, which was written by uh, Tim Crane, right? Yeah. Um, it, that's the one that has the Mohinder voiceover. Uh, and then we've just got, we've got interesting things going on there. So I'm not sure heroes really knows what it wants to be. And it has a lot of masters to serve. Uh, and that's why I thought I could maybe, I thought about catching up, you know, and watching season, the parts of season three, I didn't see in season four. And I thought it would actually be better if I went into this as somebody who had sampled heroes and watched it and really liked it, but hadn't seen all of it to see if is heroes reborn being made for only people who watched all four seasons or people who came in. And actually, I thought I was able to pick up on everything that was really going down. Uh, and I thought it was talked about in enough of a way, the stuff that Josh, you described with the carnival and with Claire jumping off. I think that that was all hit enough that I understood where we were within even the heroes universe. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong, that Claire supposedly died in yeah. the explosion. Like was Claire's superpower, not that she was invincible. I think that's the great mystery of the show. I think that that's what we're being asked to figure out is like, what the hell happened to Claire Bennett? Because so many times she almost died in Heroes, but she couldn't be killed. There's this line in the final episode of the proper Heroes. There's this, you know, the, the cliffhanger going into that episode is that HRG and Claire are trapped underground and they've been trapped down here so that HRG will suffocate and die from the lack of oxygen and he will be, um, Claire will be forced to watch him die because her lungs will regenerate. You can't even deprive her of oxygen. She'll come back from that. Um, so how do you kill Claire Bennett? I don't know. It's, it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to imagine how that, how that's pulled off. But one of the things that this episode was trying to make clear, I think, is, is where we're going is, um, this conspiracy nut, Quentin, this guy who comes and he tracks down Noah Bennett. He's basically saying uh, Claire did not die the way you thought she died. And we've got this whole thing with uh, HRG's memory has been wiped to a certain degree. Uh, there's aspects of his of his memory that he doesn't have. He doesn't remember certain things. Um, and I think that he's I don't know. I think that that's going to be the big, big mystery is like figuring out what actually happened to Claire. It seems like she's dead. She is on Nashville. I don't think that she's going to be one of the people that's going to be popping up here in Heroes Reborn, but it's it's got to be a hell of an answer. How did you kill Claire Bennett? Okay, but that's what I want to know, because yeah. if she's not going to show up, if you cannot deliver on Hayden Panettiere, then why are we even talking about this? Where they've said, okay, oh, well, she's dead. I said, okay, well, okay, then that'll be, uh, you know, whatever. Then she's just not going to be on the show anymore, and we'll just talk about her that she's dead. But we introduced that, well, she's probably not dead. So if we're never going to see her then why why raise this specter, Antonio? Maybe they think they can bring her back for a second season of, of Heroes Reborn. Like maybe they're they're hoping that this is going to go beyond. Are those Nashville maybe, yeah, maybe maybe Nashville's not long for this world, or they think that maybe they can work with her if they do shooting scheduling a little bit differently or something like that. I mean, so maybe there is some hope for that, or you know, the entire the other possibility is there is a there is a cameo coming, or there is there is an episode coming that has Claire Bennett in it. And she was able to get a little bit of time away from Nashville and shoot in a limited basis. Uh, maybe she's not in first position for heroes, but maybe they were allowing her some time to do it, but not enough that she was throughout. So they'll talk about her a whole lot on this season. It'll be a thing for HRG to have 
carrying around and wonder what's going on. And then maybe we're going to get one episode where she didn't die. I think that that, that act, that paper actually listed her as not present at the event. So if she's not there, then I think it's unquestionable that she didn't die. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think that it was assumed she was dead, but yeah, as you said, Rob, HRG's memories are a little bit flooded uh, or completely wiped. Uh, so I, I think that we have to assume she is alive. And the question is, where is she? What is she? And, and, and that's, I think, the story that we're going to be looking into throughout the course of this miniseries, not so much how she died. I think at this point, we're pretty sure she didn't die. What I'd love to know from you guys, because you're both so much more well-versed in the comic book world than I am. Is there any sort of friction between heroes and Tim Kring and this whole universe and people who are uh, purists of the X-Men franchise? Because it really does feel like, especially in this two-hour premiere, that they've really, I'll use the word borrowed, but I think that other people could say ripped off all of the entire world of X-Men in terms of that it's the human's versus they don't call them mutants here but evos it does seem like they're just running x-men but in the heroes universe i don't think so i don't think that there's a ton of friction because i think that there's you know heroes has existed for a while if that friction existed it existed a while ago and i think that antonio brought up a really good comparison of um comparing heroes to lost and heroes was filling out that space and it's kind of lost meets x-men and you can see that being the big pitch that Tim Kring brought to NBC and they're like, oh yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. Uh, and Heroes, you know, put in the legwork and it, it had people involved in it that are involved in comics. A guy like Jeff Loeb, uh, all of the Isaac Mendez drawings from the original series are drawn by a great comic artist named Tim Sale. So it did its homework. It had comic books. It had graphic novels that it released. It put in its work in that department. I don't think so. And I think now, um, now that this is kind of looking a little bit more like an X-Men status quo, where people do not like mutants once once they find out that they exist in X-Men, and that seems to be a very similar thing that's going on here in Heroes. I don't think that there's a ton of friction in terms of you ripped us off. I don't think anyone's that worried about Heroes, to, to be honest. Like, I, I think that that's a piece of it. I think it's kind of like, it's a limited event. Heroes is established, and we're not all that worried about it. So I don't, I don't think that there's much friction. I think that Heroes has earned its seat at the table at this point. Um, I don't think it would have been able to come back, and I don't think it would have been able to last for four years if it hadn't. Okay. Yeah, and some of these storylines that are going to naturally evolve from these, this, the basic premise, which is that some of the people in the world have powers and some don't, but there's more than just one person who is injured in an accident or something and develops some crazy power. There are multiple people. They don't know why they're connected. Uh, they're kind of hidden and they're, they're a little bit behind the scenes or whatever. Once you start with that premise, the comparisons are inevitable and you're going to have a limited amount of things that you can do without treading on what is extensive source material with the X-Men. So, of course, you're going to have a lot of things where you could look at something and be like, wow, that's very similar to this other thing. But, I mean, it isn't just X-Men. It, you've got a scene in this episode, and Josh, I think you made the comparison with El Vengador to Arrow. I, you've got also scenes where he's talking about taking over the El Vengador role, and he's in confession talking to a priest about whether these acts should or shouldn't happen. I'm like, is and that this, priest is, that- is apparently Hemotep from The Mummy? Yes, he, he can turn into dust and just surround you in a cloud 
for no apparent reason. I'm not really sure what that was. Was it Ash yeah, Wednesday? That was creepy. That was creepy in terms of him being like, let me show you that I am an Evo and let me do it by turning into Sand Monster Man, just like swirling around your face. Swirling around getting, your like, face. Just getting really obnoxious, getting like durst to turt in your eyes and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. But I am Asbestos Man. You now yeah. have cancer. Oh, yeah. no. That's horrible. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, that reminded that scene reminded me of Daredevil. You've got a potential vigilante superhero, if you will, with no real powers talking to a priest and asking for this sort of guidance or discussion about how he should use the powers. I'm like, I just saw this scene. Uh, And of course, anytime you've got kind of a street vigilante without powers, you're going to get comparisons to Batman and you're going to get comparisons to Arrow, Daredevil, things like that. So it makes sense, I think, that you've got. You've got similar. It's treading in a space that we're familiar with, where there are a lot of things that are in this universe, and so the X Men comparisons are inevitable. I I do have a question for you, Josh, and you may not. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, sure. You said there were comics and graphic novels. Did they take the source? Did they when the TV show stopped? Did they continue the comic stories? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, Uh, I know that I know that there's other stuff that's existed, but I never followed it. And that's all. That's where I'm at with it. I because I wasn't sure if this was maybe rehashing or retreading some kind of story arc that would have been in a hero's comic at some point after the TV show went off the air. Uh, I know it had some cred, like you said, but I don't know how far that cred lasted beyond the TV show being on the air. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting. What What's going on with this guy, the penny for your thoughts guy? Is that something that was in the previous heroes at all? No, this is a, this is a new character oh, for the boy. show on Wikipedia calls him Casper Abraham, which is an incredible name. I love that name, Casper Abraham. But this is just like one of those great wonky heroes powers that heroes likes to do where this guy's power is actually giving you a penny and taking your thoughts. That's spectacular. (laughs) You don't like that? It's ridiculous. I kind of love it, actually. I kind of like when heroes just get so weird. Yeah. This is a weird one. This is a weird power. Because there's, like there's like an expression, a penny un- for your thoughts. Yes. And then he can actually do that. Can he give them a dime yeah. for their dreams? Yeah, that's his, that's his backup power. No, isn't that Angela Petrelli's power? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so that's, so that's interesting. I thought that he was... um. The Puppet Master. You know, do you guys remember the Puppet Master from the original run of Heroes? Is the heavier set guy who can make you do all sorts of things, like a puppet on strings. He can control your body and all this stuff. I kind of thought it was the same guy, and that's just me generalizing two larger men, and that makes me feel like a monster. Well, well, you know, everyone's the same in that regard. But, um, but no, I thought I thought it was somebody. I thought it was somebody that I'd seen before too, or there was it was something weird about that character. Maybe I thought it was John Goodman playing him, which is me doing the same thing. Uh, Rob, did you think his name was H.E. Pennypacker? Was that was that a good superhero name? Yes, Pennypacker would be fantastic. Because <laughs> he's got a briefcase packed full of them. I mean, there's a lot of thoughts in that briefcase. You would really. think that'd be very heavy, right? You would think that you would need yeah. a superpower just to carry around a briefcase full of pennies. Yeah, That's a lot. Doing? That's a lot. There's a lot of pennies. Uh, but this guy, he probably just has like a roll of pennies. How many pennies does he need to give out? It depends on how many thoughts he can take. A lot. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole thoughtful... Of, well, it is. A, the, the phrase is a penny for your thoughts. It's not a penny for a thought. <laughs> that's a good point. So I'm, take, I'm giving you a penny. I'm taking all of your thoughts, or as many as I'd like. Yeah, fair um, enough. But the question is, what's the deal with that guy, Rob? I think, I think the deal with that guy, he clearly seems interested in this kid, Tommy, the guy who can uh, make you go wherever he's thinking about, which I also think that's another cool power. Uh, the kid who really likes the maple walnut ice cream. Um, he, uh, he seems to have a vested interest in this guy. Uh, we know that there are people in this world who are looking for Evos to take them out, just to kill them, just to destroy them. 
Um, maybe this is a guy who's looking to protect some. Maybe this is a guy who is somehow connected with this underground railroad that we're seeing starting to build up in Los Angeles that takes you to Canada. Um, so who knows? You know, he, he could be involved in so many things. It's so early days. But he strikes me as a guy who is, um, who is on the right side of things. But then you're probably being led to think that so he can just break your heart later on. Well, I did like that there were some clear oppositional elements in the show, that there were people who wanted to kill the Evos, that there were clearly things that, that needed to happen for certain people uh, for them to feel good about what was happening. So we need to kill these people for me to get for me to avenge my son or we need to put these people in hiding or testing or training or whatever. I like that there were oppositional elements because then you've got a guy like this Penny Packer or Casper Abraham or whatever his name is. He's floating around out there and you don't know what side he's on. So I do like that we know that there are sides and we can evaluate each of his actions and determine is he good or is he evil. Uh, and he, I don't know, is he some kind of psychic detective? Is he trying to solve something? Is he trying to use this power? It's not clear. I was at least intrigued by that. Uh, and I was wondering if that tied into a larger storyline that I should have known about. It's good to know it, it doesn't. Yeah. What did you guys think of this, Rob, from your perspective? Uh, you're not super familiar with heroes, at least not recently. How far did you watch on the show? I watched probably into the third season. I uh -huh. definitely watched the first season, loved it. Couldn't wait for the second season to come back. I think I went through the second season and was like, uh, this is less than good. I am not yeah. loving second season. And I said, okay, maybe it's just a wonky season. And then I think by somewhere early on in the third season, I think I was out. Yeah. So, what did, so how did this work for you? having, you know, basically no familiarity with it in any terms of, you know, being recent with the show. You know, in terms of what, where they picked up, I thought that was a curious choice to start up with, you know, so much from what had happened before, because I didn't know anything about where season four of Heroes ended. And I feel like this was a really odd way to go, considering that the ratings for season four of Heroes we're not incredible. I feel like that there was like, you know, 4 million, 5 million people a week watching the show at that time. And I feel like if you're going to be starting a new serialized drama, I think you want to try to start as broad as possible. So I think that they would have probably been better served to not go so much following the events of what happened in the original heroes when so many people had tuned out along the way and instead had just gone, this is the heroes universe, but we're going to start with some different characters. And if you want to ultimately, you know, hint on some of the stuff going on with HRG and Claire, I think that would have been fine. I felt like there was a little bit too much of that. And I definitely felt a bit lost at times, but overall I really did. I like the idea of the show and it was fun for a while though, but I did start to feel like, boy, there's a lot going on here and I don't have confidence based on the original version of Heroes that it's all coming to one spot where there's going to be some ha some good payoff to all this time and, and energy we're investing into this. Yeah. yeah. Josh, I actually had a question for you on that front, which I think would perhaps influence what maybe, and I'm sure other people who have watched the show uh, throughout the first four seasons can really give a, a, an impact on this. But Molly Walker, Molly Walker is a character right. who appears in the original run of Heroes. I know that, but she's much younger, I think, in the original yes. run. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how old the actress is, but she's like no older than you know ten or eleven or something like that. Um, and now the the woman who's playing her, it's a different different actress. Obviously, her name is Francesca Eastwood, uh, and she's twenty two years old. So Molly Walker got older very fast. This is only supposed to be five years later. 
makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Is it a is it a kind of a, a classic sitcom kind of age up kind of thing, or is it is it a situation where maybe we we're expected to believe that this has something to do with her power, or maybe she's not the real Molly Walker, or what's going on there? I would guess that she's the real Molly Walker. I don't know why. Like that feels like a lot of mental gymnastics to go through to like do a fake me out Molly Walker because she's an obscure enough character for especially for people who are just hopping into this for the first time without seeing heroes in a while, possibly never at all. Um, you know, those people, the people who aren't super familiar with the show from, you know, several years back at this point. They're remembering like Peter Petrelli and Hiro Nakamura and Sywer. They're not remembering Molly Walker. So that, for there to be a fake out Molly Walker would be kind of uh, ridiculous. But there's there's we've seen characters aged up on the show. We've seen people, you know, go through time travel experiences. Um, Hero's girlfriend, Charlie, who is like killed a thousand times and finally ends up being transported back to the 1940s. And she lives the rest of her life and reappears in the modern day as an old woman. So we've seen things like that. Maybe there's something like that going on. With Are you Mama really Walker. made Maybe. it all the way through? Maybe. I, I watched a little <laughs> bit like of it. You might have done it more than through. once. I, listen, we're we're talking about a Heroes Lives podcast coming up pretty soon. Oh um, no, we're not. We're absolutely not. Um, I I think that um to there's there's ways that that could be what's going on with Molly. I think it could also, to your point, be we're just aging her up, and we're just bringing in another character who's from the olden days of Heroes. And this is somebody that we can bring in. We don't have to worry about getting Hayden Panettiere or Milo Ventimiglia. We don't have to worry about getting these people who are not going to come back on the show. But we can get a character that people remember, people love, someone who is important in earlier seasons of the show, and that will be another connective tissue to the past. What's Milo Ventimiglia doing? He couldn't do this? I think, I don't know what the full story is, but I think that he has no love lost between himself and Heroes. Mm. Uh, I think it's a I'm not down with Heroes type of thing. Uh, I think that he is on a show. If the show is not on currently, it's going to be. It does seem like he has a lot of things uh, coming up in uh IMDb. You're looking so. at his IMDb. Yeah, I mean, he's he's gone on and he's he's been heavily into superhero and comic book stuff. Um, since then, you know, he's he's been doing some work with actual comic books, and he's been coming up with heroes that are based on his likeness that are set completely outside of the world of heroes. I don't think that there's much love lost between that guy and if it's Tim Kring or it's the heroes brand or it's somebody else involved in the behind the scenes. I don't expect to see Milo Ventimiglia popping up. And I wonder how they're going to address the Peter Petrelli of it all, because uh, I know that his mother, Angela Petrelli, she's going to be a character that's popping up on this show. That's been announced. I don't know if Peter is one of those characters who is now just suddenly dead, or maybe he's going to shapeshift and he's going to just look like a different guy the entire time. That's that's the kind of world that we live in. There could be a different side or there could be a different anybody, but we're not going to see Milo Ventimiglia on the show. I oh, really boy. don't think so. Yeah. Do you think that they'll do that with any of these characters where it's like, hey, here's an actor that won't come back to the show. Let's have a different actor play them and say, this is me now. I've right. changed. I've changed my body. I sure hope that doesn't happen. Boy, I tell you what, I don't I mean, I'm having a hard enough time keeping track of even the characters that were new and introduced within this first episode. If they're masking their appearance and Peter Petrelli is El Vengador, I think I'm just going <laughs> to send a very strongly worded letter to Tim Crane. <laughs> Yeah. At the very least, that's my first action. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I I think that a lot of those characters are, we'll we'll either never see them, we'll never hear from them, or there will be just like some blanket explanation of, well, they're all dead. And that's another thing about this is like, who asked for heroes to come back? You know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of people who did like, I don't mean that as a slight. I mean that as who was, who was asking for this show to come back. And I think that it was, you know, there was a large fan base 
for heroes. It dwindled over the years. It couldn't sustain the costs of making the show and, you know, all the money that goes involved in keeping some of these actors around and all this stuff. But there were fans of this show. There were people who wanted to see heroes come back. But did those fans want heroes to come back so that HRG could, like, kill his best friend by the end of the first hour? You know, he kills the Haitian at the end of the first hour. People loved the Haitian. And so the Haitian is only there to get shot and killed to further some mystery that I guess we care about uh, involved in HRG. So I feel like if you were one of those people who wanted heroes to come back because you had heroes nostalgia, it feels like, ah, I I think, you know, be careful what you wish for a little bit on that. It it almost seems like, and and I... You know, you wrote that up, Josh, on Mashable, and I agree with that. The be careful what you wish for, because it really does almost seem like Tim Kring sent a note out and basically said, like, hey, all you people who really wanted to see the Haitian again, guess what? He's dead. Like, you, it doesn't have to be so negative. If you're going to bring his show back. Yeah, there's that. Like, Mohinder Suresh is a terrorist now. Yeah, I mean, I mean come on. Like, this no, is not, he's being it, set up. Yeah, fan, he's being set like up, the, of course. What's the opposite of fan service? It's like fan disservice, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know, but it, 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 that was interesting. What, Rob, I'm curious, what did you think about the uh, Katana Girl storyline? I didn't love that one, I have to oh, say. That's the best one. <laughs> that's the best one. I have to say, I don't even understand what's going on there, that she's going in a video game. That's not, that's not real. I don't, just don't understand how this is connected to reality. I, I don't really understand why we're going into this like virtual world and what's happening there. And maybe, you know, I felt like uh, the, I liked when they went with uh, Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, that was good. That was Leroy good. Jenkins! <laughs> that was good. But I'm a little confused, I have to be honest, as to why we're going into the video game world. And what is, is the video game world have some impact on reality? Well, I was trying to text with someone about this today who asked, should I bother watching? And I was explaining to them about the, my favorite storyline was the video game world. But it started to make no sense to me. Like, is that her power that she can touch a sword and be transported to a video game world? Or was this something her father set up to save himself in a video game world? Was her memory wiped? Or I mean, I just don't understand what's happening, but I do like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that her power seems to be this magical sword puts me inside of a video game. Uh, and I have no idea what the crap that's all about, but I thought it was so weird and so out of place that I found myself just loving that stuff. And where she winds up at the end of the episode, um, I forget the name of the tower that she's in in Tokyo, but it's the same place that employed Hero back in the day in Ando. So I'm hoping that she's going to cross over with Hero sometime soon because that would be pretty incredible. I forgot about uh, Ando. Yeah. How, how could you forget about Ando? Are they bringing Ando's him back? Great. No, Ando's, Ando's busy. Is he he's doing what? He's got other stuff going on. He was on Justified for a minute. Well, let me ask you guys about the sort of central figure in the show, because I feel like back in the original Heroes we had, it was sort of Peter Petrelli and the Petrelli family and what was going on there. And that was sort of like the nucleus for most of the show. And sure, we had other characters that we were, you know, touching on what's going on with the hero mohinder and parkman and all these other people but i felt like the the core of the show was peter and he was like the main protagonist do we have a main protagonist here in heroes reborn yeah i think so i think it's noah bennett yep. um i think that they they've given top spot to jack coleman uh the actor who plays that guy i think hrg is our pov character is and i think we're supposed- the character that you want to yeah i know follow yeah, instead of 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he is. Um, you know, in terms of people who were willing to come back on a full-time basis, I guess he was the guy. And I, I you know, I loved that character. He's an interesting character. I think Jack Coleman's a really good actor. Uh, I think that he's he's at the center of a lot of interesting mysteries on the show when the mysteries are popping up. He's got a big history that you can dive into. Um, he's really, he's well-connected through the company and all of this stuff. And I think that there's something interesting going on with, like, he remembers a decent amount. I kind of figured that he was going to be completely mind wiped when we catch up with him as a car salesman. But he remembers things like Claire. He remembers, you know, things from the past. He remembers Renee without any sort of mental rejiggering. So there's pieces of his past that he knows, but there's other little bits that are just completely taken away. And I, I'm curious to find out what that's all about. And I have this horrible feeling that he's like going to be somehow involved in killing Claire or whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll see where that's going. As for, is he the guy you want to follow? Probably not. I mean, if you're looking for like your sexy young thing, like your Peter Petrelli of the world, this guy's no Peter Petrelli. He's a sexy dad, but he's not a sexy Peter Petrelli type. Um, and I kind of figured when they cast up the show and Zachary Levi was the guy that they were bringing on, you thought that that guy was going to be a good guy, but it turns out that this dude is just the worst. The yeah. And worst. It, it, it's interesting because HRG, he, he is no hero either. And if a lot of what happened in season one with him is he was, maybe he's a bad guy. What's going on? Like, what is his ultimate purpose? And I do think that there was a little bit of vacillation back and forth. And he was always a guy who was willing to kind of be outside of what other characters were doing. And he was sometimes positioned as an antagonist. And I think it's an interesting choice to make just narratively when you have your main character be somebody whose memory is so dark. Then you're confused as a viewer when you're following this person along, like, is this something he remembers or, right. or what are we supposed to be doing here? And, and is this information accurate or inaccurate? Maybe at some point you find something out that he doesn't know. And because he's really been your eyes and ears throughout, um, then you've got something on him. And then that's a different narrative thing altogether, because then you're interested in how he's going to react when he finds out what you, the audience already knows. So I do think there is some mileage in putting that kind of amnesia type character being, you know, it's like memento or any kind of thing like that, where you're focusing on an unreliable narrator, or an unreliable set of eyes who doesn't really remember, I think that adds a little bit of punch to the season dramatically and narratively. So I think that there is a benefit there, but he's hardly like this champion or this hero. He's hardly a sexy thing, like you say, Josh. So there is well, a bit I of a risk with that. that. I say he's a sexy dad. Yeah, he's a sexy dad. Dad bod. Hashtag dad bod all up there in the world. Sweet Nobody dad. talks about mom bod. I really want to start focusing on mom bod. So let's focus up on heroes. Let's stay focused. Stay on track. <laughs> sorry, sorry. My bad. The dad, the dad bod podcast is happening later. Yeah, you're, you're blooming it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you, you guys know, think, Rob? What did you, long. what did you think of a uh, bad guy, Chuck? What did you think of this guy who goes in and he shoots up the room filled with Evos? You know, I was really again, a little confused in terms of his motivation. I definitely understood that, that you know he lost a child and was very upset but i was looking about uh, you know what his ultimate motive is and then why he's killing all of these people yeah yeah i think that he's just um you know he's he says that his son was killed during the big explosion in odessa he you know he goes around hunting down people with his wife that woman is his wife and they're going around and they're killing as many of these superhumans as possible to you know avenge their son's death and like, I understand, you know, coming into this with some, some characters who are, who are hurt and wounded and scorned and everything by these, by these, um, you know, these events that brought Evos into the world and into the public eye. But, you know, for this first impression of this guy to just be like this 
really disgusting, barbaric, sort of careless shoot 'em up. Uh, it's I don't know. It, that's not a compelling character to me. Like, can you redeem that to, character? Yeah, I don't know that you can. I mean, we redeemed Siler, I guess, on the regular heroes, where by the end of it, you were kind of rooting for him. But I think that there was always something sort of sinisterly fun. There was something unapologetic about that guy. Whereas with uh, Zach Levi's character on this show, he's he's asking for your sympathy. He's asking for you to be on his side because he had a loved one. He lost his son, a human son, in this great trauma. And so he wants you to be on board with him immediately and that's a hard guy to be on board with a guy because like he's, he's racist i mean just because one basically. evo may have caused a problem doesn't mean everyone who's an evo is somebody who should be immediately executed on the spot right so that's that's a hard character to ever get behind unless he's really compelling unless he's a really magnetic character unless you can find some really interesting things to do and granted we're only two hours into the thing um but two hours into the thing i think that this character this storyline for me is a real big whiff. I feel like it's a really bad version of Natural Born Killers. All right. I have a question. Are you, guys, are you guys watching this next week? Well, yeah, I'm recapping it, so yeah. I, I have to. If you didn't have to, would you be um, still on board? Yeah, I'd probably still be checking it out. I think I, I think I would check it out. I'm, you know, I'm connected enough to the characters. I'm connected enough to that story. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it as long as I did. I fell out of love with it uh, pretty hard around the end of season two, season three. Uh, but I had invested so much time in it. If they're gonna, if they're gonna bring it back, if nothing else, you guys know I like to watch a train wreck. So I, I'll, I'll stick around and see how it goes with this, you know, story that I'm already pretty invested in. Um, but I, I don't know where it's gonna go. I've, I have no idea if this is gonna be good, if it's gonna be bad. For me, it feels, uh, it feels like a little bit of a misfire. I don't know that we needed heroes to come back, and especially if it was a, a nostalgia thing. I feel like it's kind of crapping on the nostalgia a little bit. And I feel like that's a dangerous thing. I feel like that's a big risk that maybe we didn't need to take. Rob, are you watching next week? I will say that I would season pass it. I would record it. And I feel like it's the kind of show that I would watch with sort of like, uh, like have it on like I was as I was answering emails, but I don't think it would be appointment television by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't hate the premiere. I just don't know if there was enough there to get me back reinvested in the heroes universe, because I feel like that there's only a limited upside here with heroes, because it's sort of like, it's like this person that you dated and it seemed like it was good, but then it's sort of like, you kind of know all of the things they do wrong again. And it's like, maybe we should get back together. Right. And it's like, uh, I, but I, I have a feeling that this isn't going to work out because I know all your flaws. I know all the things. And I don't know if you change that much since we stopped seeing each other. Yeah. And what we've seen so far indicates that you haven't changed much. So yeah, maybe that's not, is the, I have a question though. Is the opposite of appointment television, disappointment television, <laughs> disappointment television, <laughs> <laughs> that's all i can think one? of yeah. no i just came up with when rob said appointment tv i was like what would the opposite of that be yeah. i always think opposites but no i'm i think i'm gonna i'm probably somewhere between you rob and josh i think that i'm definitely gonna record it i'm i'm probably gonna be interested to watch it rather than kind of background kind of thing i'm gonna at least for one or two episodes I do want to see where the rest of this is going. I just got to wait and see. Like, I'll, I'll leave if Allie Larder doesn't show up inside the first seven episodes. If we don't get, and it has to be a new <laughs> Allie Larder. What, seven episodes? What are you just, I mean, you're going to get, that's that halfway through? You're just yeah, going to, oh, I'll watch half the season. Yeah, I'll watch halfway through, and if we don't have a brand new Allie Larder, I'm done. <laughs> you got to have, like, another Allie Larder. It's got to be a completely new Allie Larder. 
Did, yeah. did you like Jojen Reed as like his uh, high school, you know, uh, whatever that guy is? Yeah, who is that guy? Ro- Robbie K. Is this, uh, I feel like he's, yeah, he's, he's evil Peter Pan on Once Upon a Time, which I don't watch, but I know Mike Bloom and Kurt Clark are going to be podcasting about that soon here on Post Show Recap. So that's where people know that guy from. I liked him. I like that he's into the ice cream parlor. I think his power was really cool. I thought that that idea of like, I can bring you anywhere that I'm thinking about. Uh, is a pretty cool idea. I kind of liked it more when he was transporting people to like, I don't know where I put him. Uh, where did that guy go? I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Why isn't his mom just homeschooling him? Like if, if she's that paranoid, what the hell is he doing in high school interacting with people? Also, the Canadian Border Patrol really sucks. Yeah, they uh, do. They're very un-Canadian. We've got to get Scott St. Pierre to get those guys in line. They should have been apprehended fairly quickly. You know, she like backs up into a car. She rams into a car. She turns around and no one catches these people. Yeah. Yeah. Not a very subtle means of escape there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You really would think that they put out an APB or have some sort of security, better security at the border. But uh, yeah. can I ask you guys about this ominous sort of like eclipse? Like there was so much in the original heroes about, okay, oh, the solar eclipse, that some sort of that set everything off in the original heroes. But what was going on in the sky? What is it? Like some sort of like meteor that's going to hit the earth? Could you guys make that out? It's the evil northern lights. Yeah, it, it's coming. It's coming. That's all I heard. I mean, yeah. it looked like a black hole to me. Like the, it looked like a black hole. And I don't know. I mean, are we going to is, is I really don't think we're going interstellar on this thing, but I don't know exactly what that was. But maybe it's just the nothing. Like maybe it's a never ending story thing. Who knows? Oh, that's. That's a really interesting character uh, or, or concept and, and character because there was a character early on in Heroes played by the same actor who plays Bubbles on The Wire. I believe this is the same guy. Forget the name of the character, but his power was like he could create black holes and it was a very scary thing for a lot of people. And he got like sucked inside of a black hole and he disappeared and we never really saw him again. What if that guy is the black hole in the Northern Lights? Mm, that, would that, would be be a, that would be a cool callback to old school Heroes. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Also, to get bubbles from the wire, some more work. Yeah, Andre Royo always needs to work. That would be nice. Tippy toe. <laughs> yep, tippy toe time. All right. Well, the other thing that we uh, we're going to discuss last week when we did our test show, Antonio got us caught up to date on everything that was going on over the summer that Josh and I were uh, very busy recording and talking about this uh, upcoming season of Survivor, which we are uh, very excited about, which also premiered this week but we're not going to discuss here but we discussed many other shows and uh, we did a little bit of a catch-up trying to cram and be able to uh, be caught up on what antonio was telling us was popping this summer yeah uh so one of the shows that we were talking about was mr robot uh mr robot which is the show on the usa network with rami malik and he's a computer hacker and he's being uh, enlisted in this operation to take out a company literally called Evil Corp, uh, which is like the big conglomerate that controls the entire world. I had watched the first episode going into the zero episode of Mo Show Recaps, uh, and I then proceeded to binge watch the entire season over the course of the next four days. Yeah. Uh, so everybody should really be all about that stuff. Now, how did Get you watch? How did you binge watch uh, Mr. Robot? Uh, Hulu. Hulu. See, I think that my cable provider, I think it's one of those things where it's a little bit like uh, half in, half out on Hulu. And I think I saw an article this morning that it's going to be streamed on Amazon. Yes. So it's not 100%. I think it it depends on who your cable operator is. And I have DirecTV, and I was not set up to do that. 
So yeah. to watch the first episode, I had to buy it on iTunes. Oh, really? Yeah. No good. So that's going to stop you from continuing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that would be necessarily Josh, the deal breaker. Hulu login information. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that live on the air. Yep, uh, sounds good. Tell us all, in fact. What, what did you think of the first episode? Because oh, I know it's really funny. I really, I really enjoyed it. One of his robot. Can you talk through your experience with that a little? Yeah, bit? I really just enjoyed the worldview where I think that uh, there definitely is sort of like a uh, Fight Club element to it, where and it's definitely like a, a character who's a bit of like a Holden Caulfield, who's like very disenchanted with the entire world, and I think it sets up a very interesting sort of uh, idea where as the world becomes increasingly reliant on technology, the, the man, the, you know, established older white guy who is in control of all the world finances are really at the mercy of these, you know, hacker computer guys who could potentially just wipe the entire slate clean. And he is one of these guys and he's sort of being called into like I would say Neo in the Matrix, sort of like, okay, well, you can be a part of this other thing that you really had no idea even existed and, you know, join us on this mission. And I think it was a very cool and interesting setup to a show. And I think a lot different than most of what's on TV. How is that on USA? Are, did, did I screw up? Should I have been watching like White Collar and all these other USA shows? Well, all this good? No. I like Molly is pretty good, but that Isles is a piece of garbage. Yeah, it's no good. No, I'm just kidding. So, I, so what? So, what's the deal with this, Antonio? Because you you're more familiar with Mr. Robot than both of us in terms of you you'd watched it before I watched it before Rob watched it. How did how did this wind up on on USA? Like, how did this incredible show wind up just randomly on the USA network? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It doesn't really fit with their brand. We you, you mentioned Suits, and I mean, I they've had some fun shows. I'm not saying their shows are bad. By any stretch, but their shows aren't shows like this, right? Like their shows are are kind of shows that um, that are more fun, like bite size, kind of like easy to kind of digest kind of shows. And this is a this is a challenging show on some levels. I mean, there's darkness. There is a, a main character who is, as Rob put out, like a like a Holden Caulfield type, like a social disassociative type. He has problems. Uh, and he's a little bit, he kind of gets under your skin to listen to him talk or to see his problems. And like Rob's uh, current favorite TV trope, he's, he, you know, he gets into drugs and uh, this is another TV show with a heroin addict. Like it's just yet another in the long line, which I understand Fear the Walking Dead has also joined. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, that Pantheon. So yeah, I like this guy a lot more than uh, Nick from Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this I, guy, but this guy also wears the same clothes over and over again. And I, I think that, as I understand it, it, it was supposed to be a feature film when it was originally conceived. Uh, and then I think that they, they kind of, they, there was a, 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 in the editing process, they realized that, hey, I could maybe turn this into a TV series. And I think USA, as far as I know, uh, was one of the first people that just jumped on it. So props to you. It's not like they picked it up by accident. I think they knew what they were getting into. I think they knew what the source material was. I mean, it makes sense that USA might want to branch out a little bit and, try to not not rebrand per se, but brand themselves slightly differently and say, look, we can play on multiple levels. We can have these sort of easy to digest shows and we can have the more challenging ones. And it's USA. We've got room for all of it. So I, I think it's great that it's on USA. I, and actually, Josh, you've watched the whole season. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot. It, it was a big deal when Rob Huge and I recap. F-bombs. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Huge deal. We, Rob and I recap Breaking Bad. 
And there, there are a couple moments in Breaking Bad where there's an F-bomb and the sound drops out. And that was like, whoa, like, whoa, IFT, like that happened. Right. And we heard it happen, but we heard that the sound kind of drop out. And they were, they were doing that in part because they know that on Netflix and on Blu-ray, they can bring that right back in. Uh, and then it, it just plays like a different show. Mr. Robot probably has, in, in, throughout the course of the series, dozens of F-bombs. Dozens. Right. And that's not, on, that's not like anything on USA or really TV in general. Uh, at least pay cable, so or at least cable. So I think that's interesting uh, in a really kind of Mr. Robot's doing some different things, and I think in some ways it's derivative or it's remi- it reminds you of the Matrix or uh, other things like that. But you know, in other ways, it is I think a little bit in the vanguard uh, as far as shows like it on cable, on basic cable. So good for Mr. Robot, and I'm glad you guys are are both into it. I'm, Josh, you, we were texting back and forth. I know. All we were watching it. I loved it. I loved yeah, it. Was, I, was li- I was live texting Antonio my reactions because right towards the end of the season, it starts to get really insane. Uh, and lots of things start popping up. It's just like, whoa, wait, what's that? Ah, what's that? Yeah, and you said really you get very you invested. The, the poop emoji with the pants emoji. <laughs> I don't think that I did that. I'm not much for the emojis. Yeah. My emoji game is limited to like the pizza emoji and the kissy face emoji. That's the pizza emoji to order from Domino's? No, I haven't tried that. I haven't tried that. How do they? But uh, you wouldn't be caught dead pizza. ordering from Domino's, right? What's what's that? You wouldn't be caught dead ordering from Domino's, right? Oh, I ordered from Domino's a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was very guilty about it, and I ended up confessing to my wife. I hadn't told her ahead of time. What was it you like two o'clock in the morning? Them. Why did you order from Domino's? Because I was congratulating myself for finishing the evolution <laughs> strategy, and so I got myself a Domino's pizza. I said, you deserve this. You, <laughs> you earned in, that. You live in New York still, right? I do. So I feel a lot of shame. But it was late at night. Nothing else was delivering. Yeah. It's what I need. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the reason. If nothing else is open. Yeah, no, it was, it was worth it. I have no regrets. No what regret. happens if you, how do you, how do they know what to put on your pizza if you text them the emoji? What do you do? Know, you, have, you must have to like them. log in, or, or Mr. Robot hacks in. Is that what it goes yeah. on? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah he, he hacks in and knows your past order or history before they instituted the emoji thing mm-hmm. and makes a predictable yeah. guess. I will say that there is a very high probability that I will binge watch all of this at some point because I really do feel like, okay, it's available, it's on my schedule, and I do love the ability to just go in and binge watch something as opposed to like the actual weekly process of watching the tv like i never like i I know i I have a a a dumb schedule that isn't the same as many other people's but to sit and weekly watch a show like i rarely do that unless it's some sort of like you know show that i'm already invested in yeah for a new show to get in that rotation it would be very difficult someone in our blab chat room just asked if you send a poop emoji to domino's what did they send their actual pizza Oh, oh wow! Tony was on fire. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> we lost anyway, Mr. Robot's a sponsor great. now. Mr. Ro- Mr. Robot's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, and I watched the first episode of Review at your suggestion. Yeah, would you that think? Was, I would give it like out of five stars. I give it like three. But the stars thing is about watch. Review, you can't just watch the first episode. You need to right. watch four or five doing. episodes of Review so, before you so get the, the con- whole story. So the concept of review is he's reviewing life, he's reviewing addiction, he's reviewing uh, theft, he's reviewing the prom, he's reviewing all these experiences, and they typically are going disastrously for him. Is there a narrative that starts to build as well? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, there's there's many recurring characters. It seems like he's got, like, the intern, he's got a family at home. We're going to start to see a, a story developing there. Yes, because yeah, it's not a cartoon. Be, like it's not it, the yeah. Simpsons where 
okay, if he you know gets a cocaine habit, it's not like the next episode starts and that did not happen. That yeah. there are consequences of like you know these things that he is doing on the people around him. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's not entourage. Like things can go wrong. Like it's not going to work out perfectly. Everything went wrong. He reviewed addiction and gave it half a star, and then went back to addiction. <laughs> so yeah, that yeah. will happen. I mean, that and, will happen. And what's really right. cool about the show is because he does three things. So sometimes it's like the thing from inside the episode will, like something from the first part of the episode, will then show up in the third thing he's reviewing. Which it doesn't always necessarily work out like that, but you could have something in the same episode come up. And then also you could have something from an episode ago is still having, you know, ramifications in the next episode. Okay. Just, that's just fine. wait until he reviews pancakes, Josh. Really? He's <laughs> the king of pancakes? Shut we'll up. That's good. I like that. Yeah, so review yeah, is good. Review is out there. Uh, and I, it, it, last night's episode, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, it was described on, on Twitter by uh, noted uh, by the Hollywood reporters, Daniel Feinberg. Uh, as I think, what did, what did, Josh, I think I sent you the text. Do you remember what Dan Feinberg had to say about review last night? Uh, you, you sent that to me. I believe it was something to the effect of uh, no drama has had as much weight as last night's episode of review or something. Yeah, to that effect. The exact words where there isn't a single new fall network drama as harrowing and emotionally intense as last night's review. Not even that scares close. Me. That scares yeah, me to get deeper down that rabbit world. hole. Yeah, that's the world this show is playing in. Oh God. Okay. Well, uh, I did binge Mr. Robot real quick and I could see how I could get into this real fast. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep going okay. at your suggestion. Josh, I know you're up for any Emmys, but, uh, but you know, it, I, I think that it should be, I think that it, I really think it, it's playing on levels that other shows, especially shows of its ilk are not playing on. And I think that it uh, is, as Rob pointed out, it's very smart. Uh, because something will happen at the beginning of an episode and you're like, oh, this is a weird little one-off standalone review, but it will have consequences not only on that episode, but on the next and, and throughout. It's just very, very smart. I see from Taryn Armstrong in the room, Nathan For You is starting soon. Have you guys, do you guys watch Nathan For You? I did not watch it when it was airing, but I've watched a lot of them like on video on demand. I've heard Bill Simmons talk about it, and I decided Incredible. to check it out. It's very, very fun also. Yeah, he's just, and it's it's kind of reality TV sort of, but this guy is obviously in on the joke, and he just goes around setting up businesses and fixing businesses and just actually destroying them, yeah, uh, or trying to sabotage them. And he's the best. Yeah, I love him. It's like if I had to describe that show, it's almost like a Daily Show segment, but basically like a twenty-two minute version of that. And sometimes he comes up with sort of like an outlandish idea, but he's like working with the business owner and sort of like interviewing them, and then they're never really on board with his ideas, but they go along with them. And I have to just sort of like sit there and watch as he's doing his crazy idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Did, did that, I know he, I didn't, I haven't seen the show and I'm, I'm, it's on my list along with broad city, but did he, he's the one who did the dumb Starbucks thing. I think that yes, comedian yes. was that part of the show. Did that yes. make it onto? It was okay. All right. Terrific, terrific episode is dumb Starbucks. Okay, good. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to watching okay. it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the uh, poop emoji, that there's an episode where he there is a uh, a frozen yogurt store that is struggling to uh, build up their business, and uh, they also uh, he decides to come up with a uh, with a uh, poop flavor of frozen yogurt. Yeah, yeah, and, and they come up with it, and it's gross, predictable. Yeah, 
yeah. try to get people to uh, come in. And that's probably a, a good segue to uh, on the Seinfeld recap podcast. Akiva and I uh, covered the uh, non-fat yogurt. Yeah. yeah. That's not really non-fat, Rob. I got a little secret for you. It wasn't really like poop either. So that was... <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, Rick and Morty also just had like a an episode where they sort of featured a very brief moment inside this intergalactic ice cream partner or par, uh, parlor, and all the dispensing machines were butts, and the ice cream was gross. And uh, so I wonder, this, this is a big thing right now. I don't know why people are doing this, but I don't know why this is out in the world. Is it Nathan's fault? I guess we can blame him. You can blame Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Josh, Nathan I, for poo. I know you were very big into covering uh, the Emmys uh, this week for work uh, i had sir i heard from a lot of people like a split opinion on the emmy some people said it was a a great emmy telecast other people said they found the emmy telecast to be boring and didn't like andy samberg what was yeah. your uh opinion on the emmys overall i loved the emmys this year i thought the emmys were great i mean it's so it's so easy to pick on any one of these award shows award shows always suck you know you're always angry at anybody who's not tina fey and amy poehler but i thought andy samberg did great I, he's really in my wheelhouse. I'm a big Lonely Island fan. I love Andy Samberg. I always love the digital shorts. So I, he tends to tickle my funny bone anyway. Um, and he was making some great predator jokes uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like, hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the new Celebrity Apprentice host. Why isn't he on to catch a predator? Because that dude's caught a lot of predators. And that killed me. It didn't kill the room at the no, Emmys. No, that died in the room. Me. It was a it funny joke. Me. I, but it was like it was that kind of humor all night, and I thought it was really good. But uh, I, I feel like a lot of people liked it. I, I feel like there wasn't a ton of Andy Samberg backlash. I don't know that he blew the the roof off for people, uh, but I, I didn't think it was awful. I thought that the the real the real controversy of the night ended up being the the big big night for Game of Thrones. Um, Game of Thrones walked away setting some records. I believe it was uh, it, it has the record now for. Don't say it. Don't even talk about it because. Don't even- it topped the West Wing, and that is oh, that hurts. criminal. Hurts. That is absolutely an act of criminal. Like they, they, I, I really want to get an investigation in Congress. Uh, if Congress could do anything, I would want them to investigate whether that's merited because it's not. It is. I mean, I like Game of Thrones. This was what you guys podcasted about. It. I mean, is this the worst season of Game of Thrones? Uh, I think that we said season two is the worst season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is like the second worst. But and even it, the worst season of Game of Thrones is still great. So what is this? What is it about this season? Was it just that the hype had reached the yeah. level that nothing else had? Yeah, I think it was just finally it was finally there. But I don't know. I haven't wrapped my head around it fully because this is a bizarre season to finally give Game of Thrones the Emmy over. Uh, it was so dark. It was so morbid. It had some amazing moments. You know, the hard home episode is unbelievable. Sure. Um, but, but there's, you know, there was very controversial moments as well. We don't need to get into it because maybe people listening to this aren't versed in Game of Thrones uh, and plan on catching up someday. But there was, it was a dark season. Uh, for this to be the season that it not only won outstanding drama, but walked away as the show that's won the most Emmy Awards in a single year in the history of the Emmys, I was very surprised by that development. So what do you well, attribute it to, though? I don't know. I think I think that it was finally just sort of the moment. I, I guess it was just years and years, five years of buildup for Game of Thrones. Enough people were finally just like, yeah, let's recognize Game of Thrones this year. But just it, I, I don't have a good explanation for it when a show like, say, Mad Men is signing off after seven or eight years on the air of really, you know, dominating awards or at least the award conversation for a long time. Yeah, John Hamm finally gets his Emmy, but I kind of thought that that was going to be the one. I was surprised that Mad Men didn't walk away with it. 
Yeah, and I and I was a little surprised with that too. It, I mean, Breaking Bad's off the table now, and I and so I understand if this is Game of Thrones' first kind of real chance to stand tall, that makes sense. But why why didn't Mad Men get to stand tall? I, there was a lot of criticism about, and Josh, you might know this. I know when when you're talking about how Peter Dinklage wins Best Supporting Actor Emmy, he su- he submits an episode, or, or maybe he's nominated for multiple episodes because he right. submits multiple ones. But he's nominated really for his work, he, allegedly in one episode, and seemingly evaluated on that work. Maybe there's a residual effect, whatever. How does it work with a series nomination? Do they just say? evaluate the bulk of the series or we're going to submit our best episode or i don't don't know how that works i don't know if it works that they send in one episode and that's what you're evaluating it on i can't imagine that that's the case but maybe it is that's no yeah because i can see where some people might say okay the first few episodes of this seeing people in the blab chat saying yep yes it is that's how you do it yeah so they submit one episode so maybe they submit I, i mean i don't know exactly what their what their submitted episode was to win best series or or what mad men's was but um, that that makes some sense. That maybe maybe the best Game of Thrones episode was better than the best Mad Men episode of this season. That doesn't mean that the whole season of Mad Men wasn't better. It certainly doesn't mean the whole series of Mad Men wasn't better. Uh, but it does maybe mean that the best Game of Thrones episode this season was better than the best episode, like five zero or whatever of Better Call Saul or. I'm not sure what some of these other series. Well, would have that's submitted. the metric, and you got to imagine Jonathan Banks is submitting five zero for best supporting actor, and if he's and losing the Dink, that's crazy. I think that's crazy. And I love I, the Dink. Yeah, you just I don't I don't remember a, the the showcase episode for the Dink this season that would have beat five zero. So it, that is there's, some, but it's the Emmys. I mean, Michael Scott the, or the Steve Carell never won an Emmy for playing Michael Scott. Amy Poehler never wins an Emmy for playing Leslie Nope. I mean, it took John Hamm that many seasons to finally win one for playing Don Draper when he submitted the suitcase. Like he has episodes out there that are legendary. So it's the Emmys. I mean, they, they don't always get everything right. They don't always get everything wrong, but uh, it is interesting to see how this sort of works and the trends. I mean, Amazon wins more Emmys than Netflix. And I think that that's probably something that Netflix isn't too happy about. So I don't know what their response will be. Uh, Maybe it'll just be firing their PR team or maybe it'll be doubling down on the shows that they're making. I really don't know, but I do think that there's some interesting things to be read uh, into how it works out. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of confusing things that happen. A lot of politics, campaigning, lobbying, things like that. Yep. True story. If anybody has a question for us about any of the things that we talked about here today, that's one of the reasons why we do this on Blab. We've got an open sea where people can pop in and ask us a question. I do have a, a question that came in during the show. This is from Relly underscore rap wants to know any possibility of you guys reviewing the Muppets. It's just a little different than that executioner show. <laughs> just a touch. Yes. Yeah. Just a little bit. What do you think, Antonio? Do you think there's a chance that we could do some Muppets action? I think there's a great chance we should. I've been growing out my Rolf hair, uh, so I'm ready to rock. I always thought of you as a, as a little bit of a Rolf. I like that. I can I can live with that. I'd rather be the the drummer, the Menomina guy, but I'll take Rolf. Right. Yeah. I think I think Muppet sounds very doable. How about next week? Let's talk some Muppets next week. Let's bring in a, a great friend of the podcast. Jessica Lee is going to be popping by. Most shows recapped to be talking Muppets. That's what we're going to do next week. Okay. So that's going to be on next Friday. And uh, we'll let you guys know uh, in terms of time when that's going to be if you want to join us live for that show. Okay. Uh, if nobody else wants to uh, pop on, do you guys have any other parting thoughts? No, I think, I think that's good. I think let's, let's see where Heroes goes. 
I'm interested. I'm I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna have to watch, so I'm gonna be watching. Uh, and if you guys don't watch, at the very least, I'll give you guys the update. Is that so? You're doing Mashable all season long. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, okay, that'd be good. nice. All right. Okay. That would be nice. I, I think that that would turn out to you nice. All right. Let's take a couple of calls here from the listeners of Most Shows Recap. Here's Jen. Here's Jen. What's going on, man? Jen, how are you? This is uh, Guy underscore Jen from Twitter. Nice. What's Howdy, up? How you guys doing? Great. Good. How are you, buddy? Good. I just had a thought from earlier when you guys were talking about Mr. Robot and how it ended up at USA. Do you think that the effect of Breaking Bad and Mad Men and all that kind of stuff, everyone's looking for that next show, and that's what's causing that kind of let's get something unique and interesting and then just let people do their thing and go for it and see if they can, you know, make something good out of it. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. I kind of hope so. I mean, if you're, if you're shooting for that kind of quality and I mean, it's obviously, it's a very different show than a Mad Men or a Breaking Bad, but if you're a network right now and you're like, I need something of that quality, I feel like that can only be good. Uh, I mean, you're going to get shows that aren't going to land very well that are shooting for that kind of tone or that kind of, you know, grabby toss. Uh, but if you've got a, if, if that's what a USA network is trying to do is to get something of that quality on the air, freaking go for it. I hope that that's why that would be, that'd be amazing. If, it, if that's what brought us Mr. Robot, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think so too. It, it's interesting how Mad Men ends up at AMC and it ends up there because they've got this huge catalog of older movies they can show and they wanted original programming that would mesh nicely with it. So they had a period piece set in a time where, where it was talked about and HBO famously passed on Mad Men because they didn't think it would fit, but AMC was all about it and it didn't make sense to them at the time. This was a new strategy for them, but they said, let's go for it. So I think there probably is some, some part of USA that's like, okay, what is our brand? Our brand is Suits. Our brand is Psych. Our brand is Result. All these kind of shows like that that are fun shows, that are good shows, but that aren't necessarily in the same stratosphere as Mad Men and and Breaking Bad. But why why don't we have a show like that? We should have a show like that. Those are great shows, and they bring in a lot of things with them, like a you know accolades, and they bring in eyes to the network, and they they make you look at the network a different way. We can still be the network that has all those other shows. We can also have a show that that is different that elevates the conversation that people will engage with socially in a different way. I think that as I was watching the show real time, I don't know if you did Jens, but, um, but it, it, when you're watching the show real time, they were really doing a big, who is Mr. Robot campaign. And they were doing a lot of hashtag kind of things. And they were really, it was a show that was engaged and the, the viewers, the, the subreddit super active and things like that. So I think every network this day and age is looking for a show like that as well. And I think that to have one that also treads in the, Mad Men kind of Breaking Bad universe is certainly a very good thing. Well, I mean, and you even look at the fact that they did, you know, people did try to get that Mad Men-esque feel with, you know, uh, I forget what that show was called, but the one where they did the stewardess. Uh, sure, Pan Am. Yeah, Pan Am. and Christina Ricci. You know, all these other shows that were like uh, copies of the format. Playboy Club. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, let's copy the format and try to do the exact exact same thing. Instead of realizing that it's, we found something interesting and we're giving them, you know, here, go do it, you know, make it, make a good show and then leaving them alone. Right. Yeah. If they, if what they want to be similar in is quality and that's it, not in, not in terms of format, but just in terms of quality, like Josh said, that's a great thing. And let's hope other networks are thinking the same thing. I, I do think that, I think, I think that networks are focusing on trying to elevate. I think FX 
uh, has long focused on trying to be a network that has elevated television, uh, even though they didn't have uh, Breaking Bad or Mad Men. I think other networks are trying to step into that void, if you will, that that's possibly being created uh, by those shows going away. So good on USA, man. It's great for them to step up and do it. Jen, did you check out Heroes? Uh, not yet. I'm going to watch the first episode. It's on my DVR. I watched the, all, all the uh, old series. So what, uh, So are you, are you a big Heroes fan? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty into it. I, you know, I remember going to the panel in uh, Comic-Con when I went to San Diego last time, which was like way back, obviously, because it's been canceled forever. But right, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, uh, it did kind of drop a couple times, and there was a lot of confusion. And I think they listened to the fans a lot, you know, way too much. And that's my fear is that it's like, okay, the fans want us to come back. So we've got to do what the fans want again and then not pay attention to just writing a good show. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see uh, Chuck on, on uh, Heroes. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> let us know what you think. Go, go take a look. And uh, I'm curious, especially if you're somebody who watched the whole thing. Uh, I, I want to hear more from those people and see what they had to think about the premiere. Because I think I hear what you guys are saying, Robin, and Tony, that there's a lot of it that's the same. But there's... It's very darkly different. So I'm, I'm curious to get your take, Jen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Take care, Jen. Bye. All right. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Thanks Jen. And, you know, and my question is ultimately if when we talked about with the bastard executioner, if you were going to try to come up with that Game of Thrones killer, what's the formula for how are you going to beat Game of Thrones? What would that look like? And I just wonder if you were going to come up with, okay, well, what is the thing that's going to make heroes work, heroes reborn work? where the original heroes did not making it more violent. I'm not sure was necessarily the answer to that equation. It's an interesting way to go. Interesting way to go. And uh, I, I don't know if it's the right way to go either. You know, we Still really our darlings isn't better either. Yeah. I, I feel like if the whole point is to have heroes nostalgia, just to come back and turn Mohinder Suresh into a terrorist, it's like, ah, okay. Yeah. It's fun. That's All right. Lots of fun today talking about this. Going to talk about the Muppets next week. What is the hashtag for this episode of the podcast? Oh, oh my God. Uh, you got a good one, Antonio? What did I you don't say? Dis- disappointed television? Disappointment, Disappointment television. television. <laughs> it's the, I mean, that's, I'm not sure I would say that I feel that way. About uh, Jen I says like hashtag phrase. poop pizza. No, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> that's not good. Let's that's not no good. do that. Too scatological. Yeah. yeah. How about a disappointment TV is good. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go for that. All right. Well, great first show, first official show. Yeah. But everyone go back into the archives and listen to the Bastard X if you have. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. So we're going to get this now up in the iTunes store and we'll get our most shows recap podcast feed. Of course, you could hear all of it on postshowsrecap.com. That's going to be the home for all of this. And uh, very excited to move forward and talk about everything coming up here in the next couple of weeks. If people have suggestions for things they'd like to see us cover, Josh, what's the best way to do that? Oh, that's a great call because uh, we definitely want you guys to do that. There's lots of ways you can do it. You can email us, feedback at postshowrecaps.com. Suggest things in the comment section on postshowrecaps.com. You can tweet them our way. Rob is at Rob Sesternino. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro, two Zs, one R. I'm at Round Howard. Tweet us, email us. We're always down to talk. We're very interactive. So let us know what you guys want to see on here. There's a reason it's called Most Shows Recap. We want to talk about most shows. So if you've got a show that is not being covered regularly on Post Show Recaps that you want to see us give a shot, try out, try a random episode perhaps even, let us know. We'll, we'll, we're up for anything. So hit us up and we will make it happen. 
and we'll have guests along the way to talk to us about different things from time to time. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun. All right. Great job, everybody. Thanks to those of you guys who watched us live. And also thanks to you guys who listen in the archives. Looking forward to seeing your comments on postshowrecaps.com. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.